much shock can you take? To complete a double night of horror, a monstrous nightmare of terror turned loose in a fight to the death. It could only be shown at midnight. this song on the podcast in a little while, especially considering that we just had Dr. Gang Green on the show about a month ago. Well, I'm going to correct that and open up episode 361 of Monster Kid Radio with the song Calling Dr. Gang Green from the Gino Royd Experience. It's from their album Themes from an Imaginary Spook Show, which you can find on iTunes, Amazon, CD Baby. You can find it online after you're done listening to the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I'm your writer, host, producer, Derek M. Cook. Welcome to the show. Welcome to an episode in which we're going to talk about a classic Boris Karloff film from 1935, I believe. It's really cool. It's one that I hadn't really considered or even seen before this week's guest, Dr. Gang Green, a.k.a. Larry Underwood, recommended it to me months ago. And then... And we decided we need to talk about it here on the show. I've seen the movie more than once because it's that good. It's called The Black Room. And it does star Karloff twice. And you'll have to listen to the conversation with me and Larry to know what that means. But it's a great film. I hope you guys and gals dig the conversation. And you know what? I just want to get into it. So here we go. Right after this. The Wolfman, a strange and mysterious story packed with intrigue and horror. What was the terrible secret that haunted Walter Mendeninsky and that threw him into a world of violence and terror? This is the story of a haunted man, a life bewildered by mystery and horror. And nothing could keep Dr. Elman away from using even grave tombs for her horrible experiments. Don't worry. His mind is dominated. Destiny pushed Professor Daninsky into the lives of monstrous freaks. The mysterious world of the beautiful Dr. Ilona Elman. (laughs) 
A wild battle in a world full of gruesome violence and horror. A world of the lowest passions. This is the story of a man who changed into a wild beast. There's something strange. What are you going to do now? I want you to listen carefully to this, Danitsky. This is the drama of a normal human being. A professor of psychology who got involved into mystery and crime. Who was wanted by the police. Who could not help changing into a furious animal. Only love could make an end to his torture. Don't miss the fury of the Wolfman. Action, violence, horror. Filmed with more realism than you can imagine. The Fury of the Wolfman. A Max Burr Film production. Starring Paul Nasky, Para Cristal, Veronica Lujan, and Michael Rivers. Horror, if there ever was. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters Podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. There's a shaft of light coming up out of the ocean. It was being guarded by a, a sea creature. I believe this light killed three men. Into uncharted secret coves hidden beneath the sea's surface go the daredevil hunters of the deep, searching out the mystery of sudden death, the secrets of the Phantom from 10,000 Leagues. Starring Kent Taylor, lovely Kathy Downs, and Michael Whalen, all enmeshed in a scientific web of terror involving secret death rays that unidentified nations will stop at nothing to obtain. Almost like it was burned by an atomic flash. Fisherman, too. Man bait, a luscious blonde too tantalizing for the weak to resist. I didn't know then they could put beauty and poison so cleverly together in one package. <laughs> but the shadow of the phantom death does not stop daring underwater adventures while a man of science probes the unknown for the answer to the phantom from 10,000 leagues. Don't miss the phantom from 10,000 leagues. This is Count Dracula, 
and I'm here to offer you a friendly warning. Derek and his guests often get excited, and occasionally this results in revealing key plot points of the movies they're discussing. You know how the children of the night, ah, I mean monster kids, can get sometimes. So consider yourself warned, and don't come begging to me to kill them for their transgressions afterward. I have more pressing issues to take care of, like that pesky Van Helsing. I'd like to think that I've seen, not all of them obviously, but a big chunk of Lugosi, Karloff, Agar, you know, the patron saints of Monster Kid Radio. Every once in a while, though, one movie will pop up either in conversation with a good friend like this week's guest or some other way. And I realize I haven't seen it. And boy, I really need to. And that's what happened with this movie this week. Talking about the movie The Black Room starring Boris Karloff twice. And it was introduced to me by dear friend, good friend of Monster Kid Radio, good friend of mine, Dr. Gangreen, Larry Underwoman. Underwoman? What the hell is that? <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> Underwoman. Wow. <laughs> I might even leave that in there. Dr. Gangrene, also known as Larry Underwood. How you doing, man? <laughs> wow, man. I used to hear underwear, underoos. That's the first time I've heard underwoman. I clearly need oh, more no, coffee. That ain't all bad. <laughs> I, I clearly need more coffee. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, of well, all the places to be. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how you doing? Yes, sir. I'm good. Doing good, my friend. How about you? I'm good. See, I'm trying real hard to make it sound like it's been a little while since we've chatted, but behind the curtain, listeners, I actually just got done recording with Larry about uh, The Psychopath, which you've already heard. So <laughs> this is our second recording for the day. And yeah, I've only had one cup of coffee. So yeah, that would explain that. That, <laughs> that faux pas. Wow. <laughs> Pretty good stuff. A little psychotic after see talking about the psychopath. That, that's got to be it. You know, I'm going to blame those creepy little dolls in the other room. They're the ones that did it to me. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Oh, so the Black Room, uh, Boris Karloff, 1935, not a Universal picture, but it was released in one of those shock uh, packages, right? Yeah, this is a good one, man. I don't, you know, I don't know if this was in the shock packages. Uh, or son not, of Shock, Son of Shock is where it came out. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can totally see some of the classic guys like Zachary hosting this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And this this is the younger Karloff. This is the Karloff that we would see in like Bride of Frankenstein, uh, that that same era. Year. Yeah, yeah. And the Raven. Uh, he actually just finished shooting right before getting into this, so he's he's not necessarily under Universal contract specifically, but he's doing a lot of work for Universal as well as a few other companies. And this one is what uh, Columbia. Yes, yes. And uh, the Bride was released. Bride of Frankenstein, April twenty second, nineteen thirty five. The Black Room was July twenty fifth, nineteen thirty five. So they hit the theaters really close together. Wow. And I mentioned this is a double role, kind of, sort of. It's a double role. I I didn't know this. I knew nothing about this movie. How did you find out about it? I have a VHS of this, and it's been sitting on my shelf for a while. And then I just one day said, I'm going to go find something to watch. And walked down there and pulled it off the shelf. So I've never watched this. Give it a spin. Was totally blown away and posted on Facebook a picture of Karloff and the dog and said, this film is great. Of course, I'm, I'm a dog guy, so any movie... Mm-hmm. You know, with a dog as a lead character, which he is in this, is all right by my book. But 
throw Karloff and a dog in there. Hey, now we're cooking. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, I know I'm a cat person, but, you know, I love dogs too. So to have a dog be so prominently important to this story was really kind of nice. Did you see the cat in this movie? There is a cat. There is a cat. There is a cat. Mm -hmm. There's one. Mm -hmm. In a a tavern with a black cat logo hanging outside the so it must have been like the, the, the tavern mascot or something. There you go. Yeah, that's it was a, a black cat. It's the kind of tavern I'd end up in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Authentic relic of the black room. One of the most horrible legends that has ever come out of the Dark Ages. Imagine a baron of an old castle. A baron who fascinates women with an almost hypnotic attraction. He loves them violently and then he murders I don't mean to frighten you, Tim, but that Gregor's a monster. Don't you feel it? Every time he comes near me. I'm going to ask you to do one thing. Never allow yourself to be alone with him for a minute. Will you promise me that? Of course, dear. Ask him what became of my sister. Your sister? Yes, and the other woman. Take him away. Ask him what becomes of all the women. Why are they never seen again? He went to wed the beautiful tale. He escaped and hid in the black room. Oh, man, this is a, a fun little movie. It's a period piece. Um, does it really say when it took place? Oh, not really. Yeah. It's, it's just a, kind of that, that vague fairy tale kind of. Yeah. Big stone castle and, you know, you get the, the whole royal family kind of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. village people townspeople run by the, the feudal lord the family mm-hmm. so yeah now we don't start with Karloff at the beginning we, we kind of get this prologue this this beginning of the movie where we celebrate the birth of twins uh, the Baron has some twins uh, and they will eventually grow up to be Karloff and Karloff and everybody's excited that the Baron has had kids and there's twins but whoa there's a prophecy this is not good our barony yeah. was started by two twins and they killed each other and it would be ended by two twins who kill each other. The younger one will kill the older one. And, and we don't want to see this prophecy get fulfilled and it'll happen in the black room, which is this room in this castle that they have. I don't know why they call it the black room, but. Oh yeah. You know why they, they mentioned it in the movie because it has black on Oh, that's walls. right. Because he does use yeah. that to kind of look at the reflection. You're right. Right. That's right. So it's this, 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 chamber right off the main chamber it's this room off the main chamber that you go into yeah the father doesn't want anybody going there because it's got a bad juju you know uh, mm-hmm. back a long time ago the the older son killed the younger son but yeah but it's called the black room it's the black onyx walls so the baron's friend comes up with a way to kind of work around the, the prophecy they, mm-hmm. they won't be able to get into the black room to kill each other because we're going to seal it off we're going to build a wall in front of the black room. Nobody Just will wall it up. There you go. Prophecy done. Can't find it. Can't yep. happen. No, nope, no problem. Their mother uh, dies at one point. We, we have a, gra- a graveyard scene, a cemetery scene, and eventually the Baron dies and the barony goes into the hands of uh, Anton and Gregor, the two twins. And, and Anton, the younger twin, both played by Price, uh, by, by, Price by, by uh, Karloff here. I almost said Cushing. Good Lord, what is wrong with me? <laughs> you need more coffee, clearly. Uh, I tell you, I do. So both played by Karloff. The younger one has a malformed arm. His right arm mm-hmm. sort of twisted up onto his chest. He can't move it. 
the father thinks that his son's going to be bitter about that. But it turns out that Anton is actually the friendlier of the two. The older son is the, the more ruthless one. He's the one that's kind of heartless. But the younger son is the, the friendly beloved. And he actually leaves and goes away for 20 years. I, I was really kind of surprised. I mean, it's a nice little twist, a different play on it, because it, I think it would have been easy to say the one who's got the crippled arm, you know, in a movie like this, it's kind of low budget, run and gun shot. Let's just make him. The, no, he's the one who's got a very positive outlook on the world. He likes talking with people. He smiles all the time. He's friendly. He's the Karloff I want to hang out with. Gregor mm-hmm. is not the Karloff I want anything to do with. <laughs> and apparently neither do the townspeople. No, he's been having his way with their women, killing their women. He's been ruthless uh, on taxes and the way he rules over them. The townspeople are completely fed up. Gregor reaches out to Anton and asks him to come back to the village because there's so many problems. His justification is his he, he's saying, we're going to rule together. And the townspeople would be more open to it. But you really learn there's a more sinister reason that he wants his, his brother to come back. Right, yeah. And, and when the brother comes back, too, I mean, you can even see in that Black Hat Tavern, you know, people are just staring at him like, is the Baron here now? What's going on? Oh, that must be his twin brother, you know. But there's this this hesitation every time he walks into a scene or into a room or even while they're on in the coach going back to the castle. The, the townspeople take it out on Anton a little bit that it might be Gregor by throwing things at the coach and, and just being cold when he, they, yeah, they yeah. shoot at it actually yeah. with a, they try to try to assassinate Gregor, you know, but, and, and when Anton shows up, he's got the dog with him, Tor, the, the big dog, which I keep hearing, seeing it referred to as a Mastiff online, but that is not a Mastiff. I don't think it was. No, I don't like, what kind I think of it's a Great Dane. That's what it looks like. I was looking at him, you know, Great Danes, usually their ears are up where they've been pinned, but it looks like a Great Dane with the ears unpinned. His ears kind of fold down mm-hmm. and which I, I actually personally prefer. And right. he just looks like a big, friendly, dumb dog, you know, <laughs> I would love to pet that dog. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. There, I don't think he looks like a massive at all, but whatever. Yeah, I think he's a great Dane. And as a matter of fact, IMDB had his name wrong, so I corrected it. Oh, did you really? <laughs> they, they, they had him listed as Thor, and so I, I said, no, no, it's Tor, and they changed it. So. Well, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I have found multiple errors there, believe me. So. You mean the IMDB is wrong? What? No. <laughs> so it's Tor. Tor the dog. Tor the dog. Yep. Who is, like I said, essential, especially towards the end. Without Tor, we wouldn't have the, the very satisfying conclusion here. Nah, he's, he's a lead character in my book. Yep, man. yep. Definitely important. So we've got uh, the colonel who – is this the same colonel at the beginning that said, let's seal it up? Is that supposed to be him? I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. Yeah, either way, we've got like his, his assistant, his right-hand man, this colonel who's got this daughter, Thea, played by Marion Marsh that you know Gregor – really wants yeah he does he, he yeah oh yeah I mean, there's a few comments here and there you know wouldn't you be a wonderful baroness I'm like well <laughs> you, you know her lover's like right there right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah she's got a fiance that you know yeah. she wants to she wants to marry and he he suspects gregor he knows what's up and cool and there's another woman as well that gregor's been uh, rendezvousing with who gets a little mm-hmm. jealous and well, Gregor takes care of her too. Yes. I love that scene. You know, pears are the best fruit. Pears are the best. He's sitting there just <laughs> ca- casually eating his pear with a knife. 
and she's going on and on like you don't like her i'm you know you i'm gonna tell them what you've been up to i'm gonna tell them you've been having me back here so pals are the juiciest you know and he's like <laughs> digging into this pair he's just so callous about it that sequence is really that scene that bit is incredible and then as soon as she says and i know about the secret entrance to the black room that you found then he switches and she switches because now he knows she knows something that can be used against him. And she knows she went too far by saying that she did know about it. So she starts shrinking. Oh, no, I won't tell anybody. He'll be okay. And he starts advancing on her. And I half expected her, like, immediately to take that knife that she was he was using on the pair to her. I mean, he eventually does. But I, I immediately thought – excuse me. I thought he was going to immediately just offer right then because there's this, this switch. And it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, and this Karloff, is the first mm. scene where you see the repeated uses of mirrors throughout this this film. Which There's a placed, lot of reflections. Yeah, mm-hmm. it plays to that whole duality and twins thing. And, you know, you see the first usage of that here, the first mirror mirror shot. It's good stuff. Um, you know, and, and you said duality. I, I, we'll get back to the story itself. But I want to say technically the duality, the, the two twins on screen together talking to each other. It was really well done. Oh, it really it, was. It was very well done. I mean, I, I looked. I looked real hard to see if I could find like like a line where they joined the images together. And I had a hard time mm-hmm. really seeing, quote unquote, how it was done. It was yeah, very well when done. When you see from a side shot, a profile mm-hmm. shot, you, that's when you got the, the composite shots with, with the two together. But they also had a really good looking double because at times they would shoot over his shoulder with Karloff there. And it looked really good really convincing very convincing and even when they're talking to each other when it's like uh, over the shoulder shot with the double the and they're talking to each other i i don't know if they had karloff doing both parts at once or what you know because there's a couple shots where you don't see his mouth moving but the way he reacts to the dialogue of the other karloff it's solid i mean he, he this guy i mean he could have easily done any and i'm sure and he did a lot of silent film because he really sold the reaction as well that wasn't there really. I mean, it's just yeah. so good. Karloff, I know I know we always say Karloff's a great actor. Karloff's a great actor. But if you look at some of the non-universal stuff that he did or, or non-Frankenstein stuff that he did, you can really see it. I mean, he is superior when it comes to his craft. He gets to really show off in this one particularly. Oh, I mean, this is so a good, good vehicle for his acting and I, I really appreciated it. The two characters could not be played more differently by the same person. Right. And I'm sure there were little changes made to like the makeup. Maybe, you know, Gregor had some more dark uh, eyeshadow or his hair was done a little bit differently. But I mean, it's just the same guy. It's so hard to believe that it's just the same guy. Everything from the way he carries himself to the way he speaks, uh, vocal inflections, as well mm-hmm. as, as delivery of lines. Everything's different. Yeah. The, the body language. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy, you know, Karloff, man, if, if you didn't think he was a great actor before, this will change your mind. Now, you mentioned scenes with the mirrors, and one of my absolute favorite scenes in this movie is when Gregor convinces Thea's father that he's Anton and is getting him to right. sign over. Well, this is after he offs his brother, of course. Right. Yeah. He, will, he, he tricks yeah. him into the black room, and mm-hmm. and there's a pit in there, and he opens the pit and, and pushes his brother down into it, just coldly murders him. and. And then you get another one, one of those lines in the reflective surface of the mm-hmm. black wall where he's, he sort of starts pretending, pulls, pulls his arm up, starts pretending to be uh, Anton. And mm-hmm. then we get later to the scene you're talking about. 
So, okay. So, yeah, to go back to the pitch sequence, I was shocked. It's 1935. Yet, we are seeing a dead body at the bottom of a pit with a spike or a knife or a sword through its chest sticking up. I did not expect that bit of gruesomeness at all. I mean, it's not bloody, but I mean, at least I don't think it was. And, over and the you bloody. get a shot from inside the pit of the body tumbling over the over the rim of the pit. It's not just like they they cut away and don't show you. No, you see from inside the pit the the body tumbling down towards you. It's crazy. And then it cuts to the body, and he's not the only body because he's thrown that woman that he killed with a pear knife. She's right. down in there too. There's a pile of bodies down in this pit. Yeah, Gregor's been busy. It's it's crazy, and it's a, it's it's a shock of a shot by design, but it, it's also very well done. Yeah, I mean it's so good. So then, yeah, we we have the bit where he's trying to convince the colonel that you know he's Anton and and wants the colonel to sign over Thea, basically become right, her because, guardian. Because we had the townspeople. Just, I mean, these townspeople are instantly ready to form an angry mob. I mean, right. we get three times that we see it in here. There's there's an attempt on his life. There's an angry mob that forms. And then that's when Gregor says, I'm going to actually give all my power to Anton. And that's yep, right out of here. He kills him and takes his place. So, so yeah. He, the colonel wants uh, Anton to sign uh, a contract. And he's trying to squirm out of it. You know, let's, uh, well, maybe we should wait till somebody else is here. We should make, blah, blah, blah. Let's, let's have a drink. And as the colonel has got his back to him getting the drink, he can see in the mirror that's hanging above the mini bar that uh, this is not Anton, that he, he takes his crippled arm and uses that to sign because, well, he's not the other handed, you know, <laughs> he gets yeah. right with the other hand. But even though he sees that, he know he still lets the whole thing go through. And I mean, it's, it's kind of a heartbreaking scene when the colonel realizes what happened. Yeah. It, it's, it's a heartbreaking scene. Um, the way Thurston Hall plays that, it's just, it's it's moving. Yeah, it's really well done. That that mirror shot is great. The cinematography. That's that's where it really shows off. Mm-hmm. You know, the camera shots and movements and everything. It's it's really good. Yeah, it's it's a really good good sequence. Now the entire movie, it's pretty short. It doesn't run very long. You know, it's the nineteen. It's mid thirties, so your movies weren't these huge long epics. So there's a, not a lot of. No, wasted. it's just an hour long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this could easily. I'm wondering how a horror host would show this. I mean, this, <laughs> there's a lot of room well, to fill. Yeah, I would put a short film in with it. You know, I'd, I'd yeah. pad it out. The colonel does get killed, and Thea's fiance is framed for it, which clears the way for Anton to marry, the, marry her and make her the Baroness, or not Anton, Gregor as Anton. It's It moves pretty quick. It's brisk. And the first time I saw it, once they say, and, and the, the courtroom sequence is great too, because it's just rapid fire witnesses saying this, 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 and this. And then they, they say that he's going to be executed. You know, he's found guilty. He's going to be executed. The next shot is in the graveyard. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, did we just seriously go from court, court, court conviction? Now he's dead. <laughs> no, he's not. Right. No. You know, but at first I thought, oh, wh- what? No, they didn't just kill him. No, he's, he's, he survives and he'll turn back up at the end. But yeah, once it's discovered that uh, Anton is Gregor, the city does not. I'm sorry, Gregor's. Yeah, Anton. Gregor is Anton. The gig is up. Yeah, and, and you know, really, Karloff plays three roles in this. When you think about yeah, it, he, right. he plays Gregor and he plays Anton. But when he does Gregor imitating Anton, he puts another layer on top of it. You can totally see the little shifty eyes and the little just minute mm-hmm. little facial expressions that give away the fact that he is a character playing another character. 
Yeah. It's, I mean, it's brilliant. It really is. It's so good. It's, man, again, if nothing else, you're going to walk away from this movie having more respect for Karloff as an actor because he does so well. And, you know, part of it's because Karloff is, is good, but he was also directed really, really well. And it is directed by Roy William Neal, who did do uh, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is probably, I don't know if it's my favorite Frankenstein film. It might be my second favorite, though, behind the original. Mm-hmm. It's it's I love solid. It. And he, he, yeah. he did a whole bunch of Sherlock Holmes for Universal. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's an old hand. He knows what he's doing. Right? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, man, it's just, it's just wonderful. I love... I feel like we're kind of skipping all over, and that's fine. But I love the very end of the movie when Tor saves the day. <laughs> yeah. No, it, this is where, you know, after he goes – so he, he offs the, the father, and he's going to marry the, his daughter, Taya. He, the dog sees him going to the black room and loses his mind. He realizes that this is Gregor, and he starts, rawr, 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 you know, going crazy. Gregor comes out and tells his servants. Kill that dog, execute it, drown it, whatever you got to poison it, whatever poison you got to do, do, whatever. Yeah, you know, and then he goes off to go get married, and they're like, "I thought he loved that dog," but we see him whipping the dog with a cat of nine tail right before that. I mean, he's like, he's really a bad dude. Yeah, he goes off to, to the wedding chapel as soon as the the servants open the door. Tor bursts out, and it is full on hero mode from that point on. Because <laughs> <laughs> Tor chases off. And follows that carriage to the to the chapel, and and it interrupts the wedding right after. Mm-hmm. If, if any man has a reason why these two should not be wed, speak up now, forever hold your peace. And sure enough, if Tor didn't speak up, have his say, <laughs> <laughs> and he charges in and attacks him, and and uh, he has to use his his bad hand to defend himself. And that's when everyone realizes, wait, look, it's him. It's really Gregor. Oh no, you know so yeah. 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 So you're right. No, without Tor, this movie would have gone a completely different way. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So he, he races back to the castle and Tor's in full chase mode. He so fast he can follow a horse drawn carriage. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the one that ultimately you know, makes him fall into the pit, right? He does. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. again, another like I was really surprised to see that shot. Yeah. You know, and Prophecies fulfilled. Falling on his brother's blade, and the younger brother did kill the the old te- older one technically. And again, this the pile of body, and you can see his double laying underneath him, mm-hmm. and it looks just like Karloff. Yeah. So I I think that was his double. I don't think it was a dummy. Now I mean, piled up on top of each other, but the the body's just nonchalantly thrown down in the pit. It's so shocking for thirty five. Yeah. You know, it really is. Cool. It's it's a solid film. I am so glad that you introduced me to this. I, I'm so bummed I'd not seen it before you mentioned it because it's so good. I'm, I've got it on DVD now. I bought this box set for my son for Christmas. It's called the Horror Hall of Fame DVD box set. And it's got one of the discs in there is is a Karloff set. It's got five of them. It's got Man That Couldn't Hang and uh, The Black Room and a bunch of them. But there's a Vincent Price one and then there's a couple of hammers in there. It's, it's a really good box set. It's not it's like 20-something bucks. It's, Definitely oh, wow. worth it. The Karloff ones in particular, they are on a couple of different discs. I mean, it's not all but a bunch of movies, you know, jammed on the one disc. They're short films, so they can they can fit them on a couple of DVDs. It's worth buying for the Karloff ones alone. Yeah, I'll make sure there's a way for people to do that over at monsterkidradio.net uh, yeah. to pick that up. Yeah, I'm right now on Amazon 2704. So <laughs> I mean you can't beat it. It's really got a great um, selection of movies on it. Mm-hmm. And the Black Room's one of them. 
And like I said, I had it on VHS, so I'm glad I finally was able to, to check it out, too. Definitely worth watching. Yeah, it's nine DVDs, 26 movies, 27 bucks. I mean, come on. Yeah, a dollar a movie, right? Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not going to go wrong. And it's good movies. I mean, read off some of those titles there. All right, so we've got The Black Room, The Boogeyman Will Get You, which I, I love that movie a lot. That's a good one. Uh, the Devil Commands. Uh, it's got Hammers the Gorgon in there. We've got Vincent Price's Last Man on Earth and The Mad Magician is in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Terror of the Tongs for some Christopher Lee action, another Hammer film. Uh, and then one of my absolute favorite Vincent Price movies, Shock. Is in there. I love that movie. Yeah, Shock, Shock is, is fantastic. So there are some really good movies in this set. The Man Who Turned to Stone, which is a, a Victor Jory film, which I, I would love to talk about on the future in the future here on the show because it's also a solid movie. Uh, the Creatures of the World Forgotten in here. A couple of more Hammer films. Uh, just some solid work. Some yeah. solid movies in here. I was glad to get that one. So yeah, I'll make sure there's a link for people to pick this up over at monsterkidradio.net. So that, that'll be there. And you know, this movie... I feel like it's it's something that, I, like I said, I should have been aware of beforehand. And it's, I, I love the way that I've become a monster kid. I love that I discovered the Crestwood House books and the Universal movies, and that's all I knew for a long time. But I also regret that I didn't know about some of these other non-Universal thrillers and horror movies and monster movies until much later in life because they're so good. And I would have totally integrated something like this into who I was when I was becoming a monster kid. You know? I get that. But then again, it's nice to know that you haven't seen everything and that there is still a lot of yeah, territory. That. You know? There's that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it's fun when you approach things as, an, things as an adult, it's a little differently than as a kid. So it's kind of fun to see new things now, too. Yeah, that's true. That's I'll tell true. you, this movie, 1935, like I said, mentioned before, is released the same year as Bride of Frankenstein. For my money, it's a much better film. I think not really? only. Not only is it a better film, but Karloff's performance is by far better than in that movie. I always, and even Karloff agreed that it thought it was a mistake to have the monster talk when he did. It's so goofy, you know, smoke, good. I mean, it's just, I just, wow. I can't do it. I can't do that. I can't do the homunculi. I mean, it's all just, anyway, I get wow. that people like it. It is a classic, but I much prefer this movie. It's so underrated. You know, if I'm going to rewatch one of them this Halloween, it's going to be this movie. It ain't going to be Bride. Wow. That's um, some strong words, man. Well, <laughs> it's, it's a seriously underrated movie. I wish more people knew about it, and maybe they will now. I love Bride of Frankenstein a lot. Um, it is so out of the box when it comes to Frankenstein sequels. Mm-hmm. It is so different. And I've talked about it here on the show. You know, we're doing the year of Frankenstein on MKR and talked a little bit about that. And I saw it on the big screen. First movie I saw in 2018. If you watch my YouTube video, you know, which was, which was awesome. Oh, do I like this one better? I think I like Karloff's performance better for sure. There's uh, no doubt about that. Yeah. Karloff's performance is this. And he gets a chance to really act in this. I mean, he has a few lines in the other one, but, and he gets to stomp around a little bit, but it's a pretty much one dimensional performance. I mean, there's a, you know, he's, it's not a lot you can do as a monster, but this, he gets to really act and he's playing pretty much three roles. Wow. Huh? Well, okay then. Um, listeners <laughs> can direct their angry emails to Dr. Gang green at, no, <laughs> but you know, here's the thing about that. It's totally yeah. subjective. And oh, I, totally I know, I know that everybody loves what they love, man. If you're into bride of Frankenstein, more power to you, you know, it's a classic monster movie and that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I know. I know. I just, and 
I'm just sure, I guess, and I think you probably did mention this to me before when we were planning a time to record about this, but man, it's so, oh. I mean, I, okay, you know what? I, I'm going to agree with you with Carlos' performance for sure. I'm gonna, I guess I'll just have to watch Bride of Frankenstein again and see how they hold and, up next to each know, other. Look at the cinematography <laughs> in this movie. It is gorgeous. Like, there's oh, a is. shot where Gregor is running back into the castle mm-hmm. uh, to go towards the black room, and there's this sweeping camera movement towards the right of the screen while he's running across to the left, and you get a wide shot of the, the castle in there. It's every bit as dramatic and moving as anything that's in Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, no, the cinematography in this is solid. It is really good. I don't know anything about the person who did the cinematography, Alan Siegler. Don't know much about him or what his background was, but it is solid, exemplary work. Yeah, uh, and, and, and you know, I love that it's so serious. The little quirks of humor that bother me about Bride of Frankenstein are completely void in this. It's, this has none of that. You know, and it is a serious tale and it stays dark. And, you know, I, I appreciate all of that. And it's got tour. So there you go. <laughs> you know, if you, if you, I was looking, I was trying to find out something about the cinematographer and didn't really find much that I'm, I'm you're going to say about tour the dog. Oh, no. Uh, man, wouldn't it be great if there's more with tour? <laughs> He's, there's an IMDb page. It says that he was called Von the Dog and was in some uh, Our Gang movies. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. He has his own IMDb page. That's fantastic. Well, you know, I was looking up uh, the cinematographer. I didn't find anything. But when you do look up the cinematographers and all the other crew, you get a full cast list as well on IMDb. And uh, I don't know if this is accurate, but Edward Von Sloan as an uncredited doctor in the film. Hmm. I don't know about that either. But. I guess I'll have to watch this one again, too. Yeah. <laughs> Darn. Huh. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's well, a good that film. I mean, it's really good. I'm looking him up on IMDb. You know, he's got 193 credits yeah. on there. And it looks like he was doing uh, some work during the silent era, which uh, some of this film, and I've been getting more and more into silent film. And I think some of this film, The Black Room, feels silent film-like mm-hmm. uh, in spots. And, and part of it's because of the sets and the way uh, some of the people act. A lot of the actors are holdovers from the silent era, I- including Marion Marsh, who played Thea. She did a lot of silent film work as well. You know, I mean, it's got the aesthetic that I like from some of the silent films that I've been watching. It's got Karloff. It's got some dynamic cinematography, some great production design. The castle looks really cool, even though I know it's fake, even though I know it's in a set because you can see the clouds painted on the wall behind them. I like that <laughs> because, I mean, you get that from Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, too, and I don't care. I like that. Well, yeah, I was reading that that graveyard set was left over. Now, I don't know how much truth there is to this, but I found on on, on the Internet a, a listing that said that that graveyard set was leftover sets from Frankenstein. I don't I know. I wouldn't be surprised. They, yeah, it, it could have been. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So this one's easy to get your hands on now. This is something that people need to see. I highly recommend it. And I'm going to be honest with you, Larry. Uh, like I said at the beginning of this, we just recorded about The Psychopath earlier for a previous uh, for an earlier episode of MKR. Of the two movies that we're talking about today, this one's my favorite. Oh, yeah. For easily. sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's just a better movie all, all mm-hmm. around. I mean, Karloff was nominated for, uh, or not necessarily nominated, but whatever the Screen Actors Guild did back in the 30s, he was up for Best Performance of the Month (laughs) in this movie. Yeah. Well, if if the Oscars were going back then, I think he could have definitely been nominated for one for this. And I don't think he would have been for his performance in Bride, but I think he would have for this. No, I agree. I I think think you're right. Makeup, possibly, for Bride. 
you know. Oh, sure, of course. Possibly direction. But I, I do think for Karloff, this is the standout performance. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, it's a solid, solid bit of work. Mm-hmm. Highly, highly recommend checking this one out. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought it to my attention, man. I, I, I've watched it three times since you've mentioned it to me. That's great. You know, it's, yeah. it's just so good. Yeah. No, that's, this is good. You brought the psychopath to my attention and I brought this to your attention. So I'm glad we got to watch both. Right on. Well, man, uh, we talked about this briefly at the end of uh, the last recording, but to mention it again, you're wrapping up the Vincent Price series on YouTube, potentially doing some more horror hosting down the line, got a new movie or, or series of shorts in the works. Yeah, that will be put together into a uh, horror anthology, Dr. Gangrene hosted horror anthology film. Which is just awesome. I can't wait for that to happen, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. I want to see it happen too, dang it. It's been going on for too long. <laughs> and you've been writing for Scary Monsters Magazine, still maintaining the Rondo Award winning column. Yes, indeed. I, I am the reigning Ron, uh, best columnist. <laughs> forget about that. <laughs> yeah, you don't forget about the Rondos, man. I got was, my little Rondo. Of, I'm proud. Yeah. Very proud of I've it. Got, I got my Rondo from a few years ago sitting here over here. So, yeah. I, yeah. Well deserved, my friend. Well deserved. Now, to be fair, for a long time, he was wearing a Mil Mascaras Luchador mask, but he is here on my desk. Of course so. he was. <laughs> <laughs> you have a little mini mask, just his size? I, I, you know, I, I stumbled across it on eBay a couple of years ago. It, it was sold as a keychain, but it is big enough that fits that Rondo head perfectly. Dude, you've got to post a picture of that. <laughs> I want to see that. I'll tell you what, I will. I'll make sure it happens. How much would you pay to see that movie? <laughs> Rondo Hatton as a luchador. Oh, man. Wow. Yes. <laughs> that would be amazing. The Creeper. All right, man. <laughs> the Creeper. He's got a great wrestler name right there, right? They put the Creeper sleeper on people. <laughs> In oh. this corner. <laughs> uh, the Creeper sleeper. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, man. All right. Well, I appreciate it. We'll definitely have, you know, we're not going to wait nearly as long to get back together, you know, not just for recording, but just chit-chatting, man. It's been a blast catching up with you. Sounds good, man. And we need to hang out in person. Hopefully. Someday. That's Someday. It's going to happen. Someday. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks again, man. All right, man. See ya. DrGangreen.com. And that's D-R. Then Gangreen.com is where you're going to find everything you need to know about Larry and what he's got going on. He posts all of his YouTube videos over there, including the very, very cool series of fantastic films of Vincent Price. The most recent episode that he put up was episode 86. He's been talking about Vincent Price films and appearances for 86 YouTube videos. He's just about to wrap up the series. It's a lot of fun. It's something that I've been watching from the beginning Larry, this series is awesome. I don't know how you're going to top it. Actually, I kind of think I know how you're going to top it because we've talked a little bit off mic about what you're going to do next. But I'm not going to tell the listeners. That's up to you. And you can do that through your website at drgangreen.com. Listeners, check him out and let him know that you heard him here on Monster Kid Radio. Thanks again, Larry. You're the man. If you're a storyteller, you need to check out Archivos, a new story mapping and development tool from WonderThink Studios. Archivos provides storytellers with a unique opportunity, the chance to actually see the network of interaction between the story elements of their settings. Through Archivos's interactive narrative maps, storytellers can discover and explore the patterns and structures that illuminate their stories. Archivos even allows you to share those maps with your readers, providing an utterly unique and compelling format for fan engagement. 
Archivos really is the story mapping and development tool for today's storytellers. Learn more about Archivos at www.archivos.digital. That's A-R-C-H-I-V-O-S dot digital. Archivos. Your stories illuminated. It has been said that every legend and myth known to mankind is not entirely without some truth. It was here, under a full moon, in the little village of Van Dorf, that an ancient legend suddenly terrifyingly came to life. Doctor, you'll perform an autopsy. On a body that's turned to stone? thousand years, Megera the Gorgon had kept her evil peace. But now this strange, unearthly creature returns to petrify every human being who crosses her path. Starring Peter Cushing as the doctor, did his strange talents direct him to medicine or murder? Christopher Lee as the professor, confronted by a conspiracy of silence that paralyzed a village with terror. Magira died 2,000 years ago. It's her spirit we're concerned with today. It's found a resting place in somebody. The terrifying realism. She comes to life and brings death to all those who look upon her face. Carla! I am waiting for Carla, Mr. Heights. Hi, this is Joshua Kennedy, director of Attack of the Octopus People, Dracula AD 2015, and the Vesuvius Experiment. You're listening to Monster Kid Radio. Enjoy. So if you're paying attention in the conversation that I was having with Larry about this week's movie, a couple of things came up. One was the Rondo Awards. It's Rondo season. The ballot for the Rondo Hatton Classic Horror Awards is currently open. You can find out all about it over at RondoAward.com. I've talked about it here on the show for the past several weeks. Again, big thanks for Monster Kid Radio being included in the best multimedia category amongst all sorts of other really, really cool podcasts. The ballot itself is amazing. So head over to RondoAward.com and check it out. Now, also in the conversation, Larry and I, briefly mentioned, actually I think it was me that mentioned, the 200 Years of Frankenstein series that we were doing here on Monster Kid Radio. It was something that I had planned on doing every single week, and when I recorded with Larry about a month ago, I was on track. Well, with all the recent health stuff, and I've talked a lot about this, I hate making excuses. I just, it fell off, and it's not something that continued. However, I am halfway done with the next installment, which will be coming out next week. So come back to Monster Kid Radio next week for the continuation of our 200 years of Frankenstein. Kind of sort of was originally and will be again weekly series here on Monster Kid Radio. Next week, I'll be talking about the remaining Universal Frankenstein films that uh, I hadn't talked about here yet. So that'll be coming next week. And finally, Larry mentioned... Something about meeting in person. Now, I don't know if he's going to Monster Bash this year, but I am. And if you're going to be at Monster Bash, I'd like to meet you 
in person. Monster Bash is the premier Monster Kid conference convention. It is ground zero for all the stuff that we love. I'm going to be there. I'm going to have not just one, but two tables. I've been in contact with Ron Adams, the hardest working Monster Kid I know, and he has brought Monster Kid Radio into the Monster Bash family. I've got two tables, 12 feet of tabling space of Monster Kid Radio right next to registration there at Monster Bash. I'm going to have my recording gear set up. I'll have a few other things here and there, I'm sure. I would love to meet you. I would love to have you come on the show. I would love to just chat and hang out and talk about monster movies with you. Because of where the table's going to be, I'm going to be really hard to miss. So please, swing by, and I'd love to chat and record and, and just kind of geek out overall. I mean, I'll have the Classic Five deck. We can play the Classic Five. That'd be a blast. I'd love to meet people is the bottom line. That's what I'm saying. I'd love to meet you at Monster Bash. And Ron will actually be on the show here in the next few weeks to talk a little bit more about all things Bash. <laughs> So that brings us to the end of this episode of Monster Kid Radio. Once again, thank you for being part of the Monster Kid Radio experience for me. Just knowing that you guys and gals are out there listening to the show each and every week. Even if you're a first-time listener, thank you for being part of what we do here. I'd love to hear from you. If you have anything you'd like to say about Monster Kid Radio, this week's movie, or anything that we've talked about in the past here on Monster Kid Radio, even going all the way back to the beginning, please feel free to send me an email at monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail on our Google voicemail line. It's 503-479-5657. That's 503-479-5MKR. And actually, as I was reading that phone number out for you guys and gals, it occurred to me, because we haven't used it in a while, I wonder if I still have it. So do me a favor. Give me a call and let's test out that voicemail and make sure that uh, Google hasn't closed it out yet. Anyway, we'd love to hear from you here on the show. And uh, as I've been doing in the past few weeks, whenever we get an email, I do ask if my wife would be interested in reading that email. Nothing this week, but you know, there's a chance you'll get to hear her lovely voice in the future, you know, if, if we can make things happen, if you send in an email. I'd love to hear from you. Now, this information is available on our website over at monsterkidradio.net, where you can find everything else you need to know about Monster Kid Radio between episodes or even while you listen you're going to find links to Dr. Gang Green's site. You're going to find a link to Archivos. You'll find a link to the Rondo Hatton Classic Horror Awards. And you'll find a link to the Hollywood Theater here in Portland, Oregon at the end of the month. Yeah, I'm going to call it. Monster Kid Radio is going to crash the Hollywood Theater on March 31st, 6 p.m. for a screening. 35mm print in 3D with actress Kathleen Hughes in attendance. The movie is It Came from Outer Space. Space is a picture that you'll long remember for its blending of science and fiction, for its eerie terror, and for its story of an invasion from another planet that's almost beyond imagining. I tell you, from its size and its appearance, this thing came from outer space. I even have reason to believe that there's some form of life in it. What do you want? What are you doing? Let me see you as you really are. I know I'm going to be there. 
Chris McMillan's going to be there. Dominique Lamsis is going to be there. I believe Craig Beam from the Twilight Zone podcast, Beyond Light and Shadow, will be there as well, as well as a number of other Monster Kid Radio listeners that have been in touch with me. If you're on Facebook, within the next few days, I'll be creating a Facebook event page for the crash of the event. For those of you who don't know, whenever Monster Kid Radio crashes, an event like this is not an official event sponsored by the place that we're crashing. We're just a group of Monster Kids getting together to enjoy this Monster Kid event together. And it's going to be so cool. I'd recommend buying your tickets early. Hollywoodtheater.org is how you get to the website. Theater is spelled R-E at the end. There, again, like I said, there'll be a link in the show notes. I'm going to bring my recorder along, so we'll record some material for a future episode of Monster Kid Radio as well. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope to see you guys and gals there. Speaking of upcoming events, Wizard World Portland is happening April 13th, 14th, and 15th here in Portland at the Oregon Convention Center. Sean Hode, who's been on the show before and and going to be on the show again, uh, is going to be there. He's got a table. He'll be a panelist, and it looks like I'll be joining him on a panel to discuss Lovecraftian monsters, which is something that I love chatting with Sean about. So I think the panel will be on Saturday. It's not been announced yet. But I will mention it here on the show as soon as I get more information about what day I'm going to be there. Again, I'll have my recorder with me. I would love to run into you, meet you, chat monsters, that sort of thing. Whenever I go to a non-Monster Kid-specific event, I make it a point to try to find something Monster Kid-specific to talk about at the show. And if previous Wizard Worlds are any example, I'm sure I'm going to find one or two things to chat about here on Monster Kid Radio at Wizard World Portland in mid-April. I mean, it was at a local comic book convention that I met artist Tad Galusha, who is a huge fan of all things classic monsters. We actually even had him on the show as a proper guest last year. Actually, this was almost two years ago now when we talked about the Phantom from 10,000 Leagues. That was a blast. And, you know, if you're kind of sort of in the Washington area, NanoCon Mark V, the International Science Fiction Convention, is happening in Longview, Washington, and Tad is going to be a guest at that show. If you're up there and you go see him, tell him Monster Kid Radio said hi, huh? And I think that's it. I think that brings us to the end of the show. I mentioned everything that I want to mention, and yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm going to go watch a monster movie. Oh, wait, maybe I should tell you what's coming up next week. Next week on the show, I have another new voice we're adding to the mix, although he's been listening to the show, and he's been a patron of Monster Kid Radio through Patreon for a long time. Jeremy Lamastis, and I really hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. I'll find out for sure when I record with you this weekend when we talk about a movie that I really enjoy. 1940s, you'll find out. Will you please turn off that radio? Why, lady, that's Kay Kaiser. Students! Tully Mason, Jenny Sims, Harry Babbitt, Ishka Bibble, and all the gang. Something terrible going on in this house. Somebody's trying to murder Janice Bellacrest. Murder?
talking about an Academy Award nominated film here on the show next week. The movie was nominated for Best Original Song. We'll talk about that with Jeremy. This movie stars Boris Karloff, Bela Lugosi, Peter Lorre, and Kay Kaiser of Kay Kaiser's College of Musical Knowledge. This movie is something that I really dig, like I said, and, and I know Jeremy digs it too. So that's coming up next week. And then, of course, the aforementioned Return of the 200 Years of Frankenstein will be coming up as well. And I would be remiss if I didn't send a special shout out, a thank you to a few listeners who did me some really cool solids this week. Special thanks to Scott B. from Minnesota, Eric G. from California, and filmmaker Joshua Kennedy. You guys, man, you make this Monster Kid podcaster feel, uh, well, just all warm and fuzzy inside in the best way possible. I'm not like a weird kind of squishy. Well, actually, squishy. I'm going to stop talking. Anyway, thanks for making this week even more awesome than normal, you know what you did. Thank you. Between now and next week, remember that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to both versions of the song Calling Dr. Gang Green. The one at the beginning of the show was the instrumental version. What you're about to hear now is the version with lyrics. That song belongs to the Gino Royd experience. It's from the album Themes from an Imaginary Spook Show. Big thanks to the Gino Royd experience for letting us play the song of the show. Hope you guys and gals dig it. My name is Derek M. Cook. I'm out of here. Talk to everybody next week. Oh, and make sure you head over to the website because I'll make sure there's a picture of the Rondo Hatton Classic Horror Award that I won a couple years ago wearing that Mil Moscaris mask. Ciao. (laughs) 